what I love in my profession, in my job, it's relationships. And so again, making relationships and figuring out how can I make relationships with students when I don't necessarily see them face to face? The topic of today's podcast is Teacher Insights into Blended and Hybrid Learning with Julie Beaver, a middle school and high school math and world language teacher. Tech Talk for Teachers. You want to practice? Tech, tech Talk for Teachers. The podcast where teachers discuss how technology can positively transform teaching and learning. I'm Rena Clark. I'm Paul Beckerman. And I'm Pam Beckerman. We are digital learning specialists. And we're here to share actionable teaching strategies for remote, face-to-face, and blended learning. Education Education is our passport to to the future. future. The quote today comes from Vivian Green. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's learning how to dance in the rain. Rena, what do you think? Well, I love the idea of dancing in the rain. So I think of all the different or the educators out there, students and parents who figured out both big and small ways to dance in the rain, even with a storm swirling around and downpouring. (laughs) But there's also those moments, I think, where the rainbow comes out. Um, So there's been so much growth and so many new opportunities in education that were never possible before as a result of the so-called storm. And some are actually even thriving in this storm as far as in education. So there's lots of opportunity. Yeah, I kind of sit on that word storms. Um, There's always going to be storms, right? I mean, it's just not life without some kind of a stormy action here or there. And if we wait for the perfect sunny day before we live, we won't be living enough. We need to find the beauty and the value in every day, even those days that feel like storms. It's, um, you know, it's something to keep in mind when working with our students, too, because they come to us amidst their own personal storms and we can be models of resilience for them. In in some ways, we can be like that steady, steadying force that gives them confidence that everything will be OK. Maybe we can be their umbrellas or their shelters, their place of calm in that storm. And when the opportunity presents itself, we might even be able to show them how to dance. Dancing in the rain. There we go. (laughs) There we go. And speaking of dancing in a positive way, something that makes me dance, I'm dancing right now, is having teacher guests join us on Tech Talk for Teachers. Oh, and I'm super excited. I'm doing a happy dance because the guest teacher today, Julie Beaver, I've worked with her now for five years, and she is an absolutely amazing teacher. I've had the pleasure to watch her teach um, both middle school um, and high school math and world language. It's in a rural community in Minnesota. And she also teaches future math educators at the local university. She's been a finalist for Minnesota Teacher of the Year, which she's absolutely deserving of because she is truly a master teacher. We are so happy to have you with us here today, Julie. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I would love to. So my name is Julie Beaver. And like they said, I teach math. So mostly high school math and some middle school world language. And I have been teaching for about 20 years. And I this year have the wonderful opportunity to have my own biological children (laughs) in my classes. So that gives me some great frame of reference of what we're talking about today, just as 
a teacher and as a mom, I'm really working with both hats this year. Um, where I'm also the mother to five foreign exchange students. <laughs> so we have a foreign exchange student this year, which has been a very different experience because of uh, what the world looks like right now. Um, and we have, you know, four students who have been here in the past from Germany and Norway and Italy. So it's fun to get a perspective on what education looks like in their worlds and what it has looked like in this season in other countries as well. I have a good uh, vision into that. You know what, Julie, I actually, so we have been hosting au pairs for several years. So we actually have an au pair from Colombia with us this year, but it's been really interesting as well. Just very different year for an au pair to be with us and him doing his classes online. And it's an interesting perspective. So I definitely can relate to that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, talk about perspectives and interesting. You've certainly, Julie, have experienced different perspectives during this journey of the pandemic. Can you describe a little bit what it's been like in terms of teaching this past year? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, I remember coming back about a year ago today and everything was very normal. I had been doing a whole lot of training in blended learning. And so was implementing that within my classroom uh, very much over the past several years and figuring out how do I refine and make mistakes, but be vulnerable and real with my students as they were helping me to figure out how do we do this well together? Because as a teacher, I want to have input, their input into my classroom because they have been in education almost as long as I have, you know, in all the years that they've been in school. So that was kind of where we were at. And I remember coming to school and some students being concerned about there's this virus and we didn't know much yet. And so we were having a really good conversation on a Friday. And that was the last day we went to brick and mortar school. Um, School did not close. The buildings closed. School did not close. So then we as educators had this opportunity to figure out how do we still work on education with students? How do we still love students when we are no longer in the building? And so taking that opportunity, uh, Paul, I really uh, liked the the quote and how you were talking about being models of resilience. Um, I, in general, reframe things to the positive. It is how I am wired. So I see silver linings everywhere. And so that was a moment for me to kind of shine. I work really well in very hard situations and I can look and see what's the positive and bring people with me in that. I do have to be careful to make sure to sit in my feels and to make sure that I'm empathetic as other people are saying, this is so hard to remember that, yes, it's hard. Yes, I can reframe and we can look at what are the benefits and what can we learn about this, but also sometimes just sitting as you quoted Miss McAlpine maybe two weeks ago about sometimes we're just crying in our classrooms and that's the best we can do. And that's because we love kids and because this is a valuable, valuable profession and endeavor that we're in. So um, looking through then having summer to think about, okay, what would I do better? And how am I going to relate to students better? When we came back to school in our district, because I'm secondary, we started in hybrid, which meant we had students who would come on Monday, Wednesday, 
and we had a different crew of students who would come Tuesday, Thursday, and then we did have some who chose to be completely online. So I got to work with all of those students. So there was a piece that I would say blended because it was all, it all had a through line. Everything was coming together, but some of it was on their own time. Some was with me. And so how could I do that well and engage the students who were actually in my physical space? And I felt that I thrived in that time when there was maybe 10 students in my room, all of these things that I could do because I could actually focus on one student at a time, you know, 10 at a time, even 15 at a time is very different from 37 at a time. So the amount of attention that I could give students, I felt like the two days I had them, I was able to give them as much attention, if not more than I could have on a typical year. So as much as it was, it was very hard to focus on students who were at home and people in front of me at the same time, that was very challenging. I do not want to negate that at all. It was hard and there were lots of tears. At the same time, the blessings and the benefits of getting to make relationships with those kids was really cool. Uh, then we had the opportunity to go home completely online. And now yesterday we got to come back into the building and so I have real students to look at their eyes. I can't, I can only see their eyes smile, not their faces, their mouths smile, but still to hear real voices and to be able to look at someone and say, oh, I know your voice. Now I can know your face because oftentimes when we have been um, doing our virtual conferencing, all I see is their little circle. I don't see actual faces. I just see circles because of bandwidth issues and some students will show their face and some kids just literally can't because then their computers would not work. So you're talking about a lot of the bright spots in the storm, some of your dances, right? Right. Yeah. What, what would you say your, the greatest success has been despite all of this storming that's been happening? That's a really good question, Paul. My biggest goal, my passion in being an educator, the biggest reason I am an educator is relationships. And anytime I could talk to somebody about what I love in my profession, in my job, it's relationships. And so again, making relationships and figuring out how can I make relationships with students when I don't necessarily see them face to face? How can I make a virtual classroom where students are actually engaging? How can I hunt down the ones who have gone missing and find them because they just need someone to chase them? And how can I do that? So I think my greatest success has been relationships. And I have uh, several tools that I've done that we can talk about later. But that still keeping relationships at the forefront, because the more relationships I have with students, the more they're willing to engage in the mathematics, in the world language, in speaking a language, whether math you know, math language, French language, Spanish language, German language, if I have those relationships, then the rest comes naturally. And even in your description of your successes, you did already kind of tell us about some of your challenges and how you overcame those. But are there any additional challenges that maybe you'll point out in the ways that you've kind of worked to overcome them? The whole way through, I have had 
maybe once a week at the at the the climax of it, I had maybe one a week where a student would email me and say, I just can't do my work this week because my grandpa died or I can't do this. Literally, I had about one student a week saying, you know, somebody that I love has died, so I can't take your math test. Oh, my math test is not what is important right now. So how can I love you in this? How can I support you in this? And then that's that piece of modeling resilience, I guess, or empathy of how can I love you in this moment, not how can we factor trinomials, which I love, but factoring trinomials is not what you need right now. You need me to see you as a person. And is that not a valuable life skill? What are those students going to remember in 10 years from now when they're talking about, I was a, a ninth grader, a first year high school student, and I was drowning. And I know that Mrs. Bieber loved me. And I know that she was in it with me. And I knew when I was ready to come back and when I could handle the math, I would, and she would be there for me when that happened. So cool. That love, love for yeah. kids really shines through, Julie. Mm-hmm. We, we love you for it. So, yeah, thank so you. great. Um, so you talked a little bit before about your journey into blended learning before we mm-hmm. had hybrid and fully distance and all these. If you had to take one strategy that kind of worked in blended that you were successful, able to successfully transition into these other models, what would that be? I have been able to take my LMS, my learning management system, and really refine that and streamline it in what it looks like. So for example, our school has decided to be as um, unified and as, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, consistent as possible. So every teacher has a certain button if a student needs to turn in late for late work. Every teacher in the building has that. And every teacher in the building has a weekly slide of here are all the things. So if students need to work at their own pace, which is so valuable in blended learning, that's what we're looking for. Oftentimes, what can they do at their pace and when can they work depending on their situations? So I was able to take my LMS, which is very well set up from previous years, but really refine that so that a student who is at home and does not have me next to them can figure out what do I need to do? Or their adults could help them figure out what do I need to do? And then they would be able to contact me if if they couldn't figure that out. Oh, Julie, I know one of the things that you're recently taking on is teaching at the local university and preparing our future math educators. I'm so excited. I know. They are so lucky to have you. And so um, when you're teaching them, what are you, what are the conversations that you're having about what's the essential technology skills and mindsets they should have to be successful teachers? Really good question, Pam. We have been, we've only met in person one time. So it is for the most part, an asynchronous class with a synchronous meeting one time a week. And so we are getting into the place of how to be math teachers. They're aspiring math teachers of how can we look at math and teach math in such a way that it's not, I'll tell you what to do. You do 10 problems of that and then come back and I'll tell you more what to do. And then you do 10 seconds. So we have been looking into uh, tools like U cubed, which were amazing. And it was so fun for my students to look around here and say, real world problems, like 
this is what I always wanted as a student and never got. And their eyes getting big of there's a different way to teach math than maybe they have learned it before. Or diving into Desmos a little bit and having some open middle problems, which might not make sense if you're not a math teacher, but they're just problems that aren't just solve this problem and x equals two. It's more looking at what is the process behind it and could you come up with the problem and how many ways could you rearrange it? And so to start really thinking about our thinking, not just looking at algorithms. And so one of the things I've done as they are thinking is made assignments in such a way that if they want to type them out, they could. If they wanna write with a paper and pencil, they can do it that way. Or if they wanna do it via video, several of my students have decided to, instead of writing a paper, they are giving me video feedback of what they've learned. And the depth of that is incredibly way deeper than if they just had to write a 250 word discussion post. So allowing them choice in how they wanna display what they have learned is helping them and modeling for them what they could do in the classroom to come. Nice. They are so lucky to have you. Seriously, Julie. You dropped a couple of little uh, tech tools in there as you were talking, Julie. And we actually have a feature on our podcast called Tool Talk. Oh my gosh, amazing. <laughs> so with that in mind, if you had to pick um, some, not the, not the tools you already talked about, but something else, what would be like, a tool that you, gets you kind of excited when you're doing a blended hybrid distance, all that stuff. At my house, when we have dinner every night, we talk about what was the rose of your day and what was the thorn of your day. And so I generally say the rose in my day, I had several and I have several tools that I want to share very quickly. So aside from my LMS, which has been amazing, I have used two tools and they're not fancy. Sometimes people say, wow, you're so amazing and you all use all of these tools. And really, I use a Google form and a scheduling app. And so my Google form, I send a check-in survey to my students every week. So that's their job on Friday. And in this check-in survey, it always asks one random question. Last week's question was, if you could write a podcast, if you could make a podcast, what would it be? I got the best answers. And what would you title it? And one set of kids said, we were just talking about this the other day. We'd call it everything about the kitchen sink. And we talked about <laughs> everything but the kitchen sink. And they had deep ideas for podcasts and fun ideas for podcasts. So fun. And how much do I get to know about kids when they're talking about, here's what I would talk about. Did any, of them, did any of them call it Tech Talk for Teachers? They did not, but I bet <laughs> if it was you, you would have. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so they give me their rose of their week and the thorn of the week. And then the last question is always, what can I do to support you better? And what the students will share because they are having such challenges. And then I put it in an email and I send it to all of my students from last year. And I send it to all of my students from the year before. So I can go back three years of students that are still in my building who I have. And so other kids are filling it out. And so one of the quotes that I had on this last week's um, survey, it was a girl who had said, I'm really struggling with anxiety. And the last said, thank you for making these weekly check-ins. I've been semi-surprised that they are lowering my stress level. 
Well, isn't that what kids need right now? They need to know that somebody is checking in on them. And the kids who say, I haven't had you for three years. Are you trying to send this to me? And I say, yes, because I value you. And I promise that I would always be yours now that you have had me. And so kids from three years ago will check in. And so many of them need that check-in. Does everybody answer? No. But do the people who need to answer? Yeah. And I've sent it to the parents and parents have responded and just fun way to check in via a Google form. The other thing that I do, I have a scheduling app and I took this from Pam because I schedule on her scheduling app sometimes. And so I have 15 minute appointments open several times throughout the week. And so I have students, they can just schedule an appointment if they want to talk about math or I have a couple of students who just come because they need to talk to a person who doesn't live at their house. And then I have five minute sessions for students when they need to do a speaking for their world language so they can schedule a time to have face to face with me. And when it's one student, they're more willing to share and they'll turn on their camera because the bandwidth works. It's great. It's so good to see them, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's so good to see you as well and hear from you as well. And this is the part of our section of our podcast where we talk about our what's our one thing. It's time for that one thing. One thing. One thing. It's time for that one thing. It's that one thing. All right. So what is your one big takeaway, Rena, from our conversation with Julie tonight? Well, I've just loved hearing from you, Julie, and you, the love for your students just comes through everything you talk about. And so if I was going to take away anything, I there, I don't have it verbatim, but when you talked about that ninth grade student and what you really want them to remember, because, you know, this pandemic time is going to be something that's going to live in their memory, but they're going to remember that relationship and how you supported them and sent them surveys and responded. And they're not going to remember everything about bio meals. But it also sounds like while you're doing that, you're integrating mathematical practices at the same time. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I love that you're taking the tech tools. You're using those for teaching math, of course, mm-hmm. but you're using technology to foster relationships, which is mm-hmm. so, so cool. One thing, what is my one thing? Uh, Just taking whatever tool I can to foster relationships with students, whether that's uh, sometimes it's social media because I get to run the social media platform for my school to reach out to kids and reaching it to them that way or through Google Forms or through uh, virtual conferencing, all sorts of things. What can I do to make a relationship so that when the math is needed, we can get to that, but they're safe in learning because they know that they are loved and valued. Wonderfully said. So awesome. And I think the winning math equation in your classroom is teacher plus student equals relationships and we learn together and have a great time. And I want to thank you very much, Julie Beaver, for joining us today. Everybody, big cheer for Julie. Thank you. Your words were like music to my ears. We don't have a theme song, but they were the music and I'm still dancing because of all your great insights. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk for Teachers. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org where you can explore tech tips, grab and go lessons, templates, and videos that will help bring remote learning to life. We want to hear from you. 
So let's continue the conversation. Join us for the first and third Tuesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Central for a live chat on Twitter, where we will facilitate conversations related to remote, face-to-face, and blended learning. Look for hashtag Tech Talk for Teachers. We will discuss your responses on future podcasts. We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Tech Talk for Teachers. And remember, go forth and be awesome. Thanks for all you do. You make a difference.